Bonjour, hola, and hello. It is Jacob Dupree, aka the Commissioner, um, accompanied by my always very special and now blinky accomplice, Jance. How are you doing tonight, my green screened friend? I'm doing better than my my video cam. Apparently, <laughs> if it's not one thing, it's another concerning our video calls you you my friend could not run an online dating service using only your your camera um but this is the misfit fantasy football podcast no it is not a bdsm podcast despite what that intro might uh, sound like um we're mostly a dynasty focused podcast but today yes today dear listener one maybe two of you out there um we're going to do an empire mock draft and for those of you part of the empire it's time to start looking at this stuff now um, because I know the winner, I believe it was the doctor after what happened in week 17 with the Bills and um, Bengals, I believe you and him came to a mutual agreement that technically he won because of a better roster or better um, yearly amount or win schedule, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, if he wins consecutively, he would win $580, I believe was the total coming up this year. And I'm going to make it my sole mission just to make sure he doesn't make the playoffs at a minimum. So, yeah, might as well. I mean, that, that's that's my one aim. Um, so, over the past couple, you know, past week since our last recording, a minor thing is happening. You know, just, you know, like DeAndre Hopkins got cut just outright, which when that happened, I immediately tweeted with our account and, you know, said, what? With using the old lady GIF. GIF, GIF, whatever. Um, so, Jeff, like we know, he's going to be signed somewhere. The real question is which wide receiver room does he ruin for fantasy? Um, you know, I think currently the top two teams have been talked about is uh, obviously the Bills and Chiefs, but I feel like that's also kind of a media narrative of this would be the best two spots for X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. Um, but so, Jance, if you had to pick one spot where he would go, where would it be and why? And I'll take it from two perspectives. One of them is from what would ruin the most fantasy dreams? And what would be the best fantasy fit? That's like within reason. Right. Um, well, it's a unique situation because this is the first opportunity he's had to to really be a free agent. And so this is a, a guy that has played on largely uncompetitive teams, or at least ones that were not serious contenders for championships. And so we've got to believe that he's going to a big contender. We, even we've heard thoughts of like him going – Someone like the Panthers, I just don't think that's viable because they're obviously just not ready to win right now. So it's the names you know. It's the Bills. It's the Chiefs. Um, a name that I heard today that I hadn't, um, but it makes sense, would be like the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, to answer your question, that would probably be the place I think we would ruin the most dreams, um, <laughs> especially certainly in Dynasty with the Garrett Wilson being a top-five receiver. And obviously that wouldn't, that wouldn't squash him completely by any means. It would be fantastic. But – um, you got to imagine his target share would obviously go down in that context. Now, Aaron Rodgers for this Empire draft, if that were to happen, would obviously go up quite a bit. <laughs> but I think it's going to be a player like that. Even if it's not those three teams, it'll be somebody that's a big contender because this, he has the opportunity. He can go anywhere he wants to go. You have to imagine that he knows his time is running out and this is his opportunity to win a championship. Um, his best fit production-wise, I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't say the Chiefs simply because we obviously understand what that offense is. But, I mean, he could go in there day one and without even looking at the playbook would immediately be the wide receiver one without hesitation. Um, now, obviously, he'd have to share with Kelsey, but uh, there would be no problems or shortage 
of Mahomes being able to give him the football, but the Bills would be great as well. I mean, if you're a DeAndre Hopkins manager, you're very happy about the situation because almost no matter where he's going to go, it's going to be advantageous for him. Um, I think what we're more concerned about, if you want to consider it that, or what we've been discussing over this past week, is we're just ready to see what my receiver room gets hurt by this. Um, I think that's what we're, we're curious to see at this point. Yeah, and, you know, you brought up, so, like, obviously – Bills, Chiefs are the top two. The Jets are a new name. I've seen even the Lions kind of flirted out there. I've seen the Browns too. Lions, it, that's a good one. Um, no. Being floated out there for them. Uh, if you're a, a nuke manager currently, you're just holding him to see what happens unless someone comes at – like if someone offered me like the 106 and a super flex or even a single quarterback, I, I would obviously jump on that because, I mean, he's going to be 31 going to a brand new team that – you're looking at maybe one, potentially two more years of, like, decent value from him. <clears throat> um, but, I mean, out, outside of that, it's just, like, from a long-term perspective, there's more things to be had. So if you believe you're a top, you know, two or three team, go ahead and float out your next year first because if it's most likely a back end, sure. If you're trying to secure a championship, golden. Go for it. No problems with it. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, my Sky more shares would be, very, very sad if he went to Kansas City, even if that does make the most sense. But, I mean, you know, crazier things happen, could happen. Maybe he doesn't want to ring. Maybe he just wants to make a lot of money, in which case there are plenty of bad teams who will throw cash aplenty at him. But until then, my personal stance is just hold on to your butts and hang out because there's not really much you can be, do- can be done about it. Um, another thing I think that's interesting that came out was Travis Etienne. Um, it's related to him. An ESPN reporter wrote that the Jaguars don't want to see him taking 74% of the running back carries. For me, this is more of a Tank Bigsby thing than it is anyone else. Like, I know, I think they have Jermichael Hasty and who else in that bed? There's, there's some other Joe Schmo that's back there. but Someone, <laughs> someone not worth noting Yeah, <laughs> at this point. Uh, I, I feel like it's more of a Tank Bigsby puff, puff piece because like we've mentioned, I believe, on this podcast before, <clears throat> what happens if? Tank Bigsby comes on and he is the first and second down and the short yardage back because he's just a big dude. And Travis Etienne is more of a smaller build, more of a scat back type. Like, what if that happens? Tank Bigsby's current ADP of like the 204, 208 or whatever in single quarterback would skyrocket. He'd probably be like the 1-7. He'd probably take that Damian Pierce lightning trip and just jump straight up there. Um, yeah, there I'm, any- I'm actually, I was, I was going to say, I'm actually getting on this train that I'm not I'm not necessarily selling Travis Etienne, but whenever we go back to last year, he had that awesome start, and then it really tapered off towards the second half. We have to remember this is somebody who was drafted by a former regime, first and foremost. And this is a guy that, while being extremely explosive by the numbers, was not super efficient between the tackles last year. And the one thing that we thought for sure we would be able to get from Travis Etienne, which was the pass catching, he didn't get yeah. – very much at all, certainly the second half of the year. And so maybe he's in line um, for a move back to the mean on that. But even with the way that offense runs, um, going back to their previous time in in Philadelphia with Peterson, is they they didn't traditionally use the running back out in, in slot very often. There's a lot of swing passes and stuff like that. So it's not to say that he can't get a lot of work, but I can get behind this idea that they actually do want to use him more like a 65, 75, 70% split 
Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then it's going to get an opportunity to somebody like a Take Bigsby. And it may knock Travis Etienne down a peg as far as their dynasty rankings. They're probably not knocking him down a ton. But, I mean, we, we talk about this all the time. I mean, how much have we had discussion this offseason, whether it be the Ken Walker situation or the Jameer Gibbs situation, where we talk about these smaller running back – or, excuse me, running backs and um, – the fact that they don't usually profile to get these heavy workloads. And while Travis Etienne is not necessarily that size, he's not, he's never profiled to be a bell cow type of guy, even back to Clemson. Yeah. Like, and so, <clears throat> so sorry, my throat's being weird. Um, like for instance, last year he had 255 touches. I would not be shocked. If that's closer to 210, 200 touches at the end of the season. I would expect his receiving numbers to maybe go up a touch, but at the same time, like you're not going to get the 28 carry game that he got against the Raiders who are a historically bad rush defense this year. He's not going to get a 24 carry game against Denver where that was just a grind it out and think they were in the lead for the majority of the game until a pick six or something like random happened at the end. Like just those game, those heavy workloads aren't just going to necessarily be there. And so like I'm steadily on the tank bigger train. I'm over here just like, you know, because what now you're playing the game of what happens if ETN gets injured like he's already shown us he, how he has been in the past what happens if he gets injured again who's going to step up most likely tank bigsby who showed us soft hands at auburn and who can shoulder you know 20 carries because he's a big boy um, yeah so i mean that's just that's kind of my thought my lean with it okay maybe i can you hear my wife in the background yeah Shindig upstairs, <laughs> but um, but anyways, so while, while you walk, I'll uh, move on to the next or the next thing after this. One more thing about Tank Bigsby, I think that Tank Bigsby is currently a very good buy in Dynasty if you can get him if you've already had your rookie drafts. Um, because there's not a lot of hype surrounding him just yet, but he's a player that I can see over the course of the offseason. There come that time where it's like. Tank Bigsby is getting everything from the five yard line or getting everything inside the 20 yard line. Tank Bigsby's on the field for third and one in practice. And, you know, just he's on the field when it comes to the goal line situation. It's probably going to take one, maybe two off season, you know, puff pieces for him to suddenly be a higher draft pick than he currently is. Um, but going on to something that's more, less, you know, less rosy and more sad kind of is Jimmy G's contract. The one he got this year from the Raiders <clears throat> can be completely voided because of his foot injury and he can be released this summer with um, no cap casualty whatsoever, no pain, no suffering. Um, So we'll just play the game of if Jimmy G does get cut because his foot is not healthy enough. um, I believe the Raiders let their backup quarterback also walk in Jarrett Stidham. Um, Who is, I think their backup is right. Like, Hoyer? Brian Hoyer right now? Yeah, I see that Brian Hoyer was there and is Teddy Bridgewater there now? I'm going to look it up. Um, But so like if Jimmy G is not there and if it is Joe Schmo at backup quarterback, which right now it looks like it's Brian Hoyer, they drafted Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue and then a rando named Chase Garbers is currently signed there just a camp arm. So if it is Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell how much does that hurt DeAndre Hopkins, um, even Josh Jacobs, because they could put, you know, 15 people in the box. Jacoby Myers will no longer be like a I mean, wide Devon, receiver too. Devontae Adams? Yes, him, that guy. Um, like, what, what do you do with the Raiders in that situation 
if Jimmy G, like we just hear like, oh, he's he's getting cut. Oh, it's terrible for everybody. <laughs> I mean, this is such a, a Raiders move that they would. I, I know that they have nothing tied into him if this injury goes through. But I mean, if that's the case, then you've just totally punted on this season. Mm-hmm. And for them to make that signing, to know that, and to not even consider trading up for a quarterback in this past draft, or when they were taking at seven. Will Levis. They were or, or take Will Levis, who yeah, would have felt to them. Just makes no sense. Um, if that were to happen, I don't I don't see how Devonta Adams would not become a trade candidate come middle of the year. I mean, I, I know the contract situation would not be great for them, but but you know what I mean. That it, it's just it, it would be bad for everybody not named Josh Jacobs in that offense. Because you know <laughs> that he obviously he'd, he'd be the bell cow. And even then we'd see where the efficiency goes, but the the, the opportunity would be so much that it'd still be fantastic. But um, yeah, that's an easy one. Just a bad situation, bad management by what has largely been a bad franchise for the better part of twenty plus years now. Um, and so maybe it's maybe it's a bunch of smoke. Maybe he's fine. Maybe he gets healthy, and this is a big nothing burger. But the fact that they had to build in all these protections into his contract would tell me they themselves are not super confident. Um, and as we talk about all the time, it's it's about reading the signs of what people actually think rather than what they tell you. Mm-hmm. And what they've done here would tell me they're not super confident that he'll be available. And, and it's just, it's reasons like that. And like, and the, the reason why we bring this up is because, you know, like in dynasty, like Michael Mayer's per- perceived, I think wrongly as, um, you know, first round pick in a lot of leagues. Uh, don't do it. Save yourself from a tight end heartache. Don't draft um, the other Joe Schmo either. Dalton Kincaid. It's not worth your heartache for a first round rookie pick unless you have like three of them. Anyways, um, because if the quarterback is no longer there and serviceable, like what happens to the running back? Like Josh Jacobs, like you said, his value dips. Devontae Adams, his value probably craters. Although I think, grand scheme of things, I think he would be more okay just because of the type of player he is. He just literally needs a, play, a guy to get the ball within reach of him. He'd be okay. Um, but this is what you're doing in dynasty football is you're kind of reading the tea leaves, asking the what ifs. So if you're a contending team, are you still like, are you kind of more willing to seek out for Dion or not DeAndre Hopkins for out hmm, Devonte Adams names are terrible today. Like, are you still poking that, poking that bear to see what you can get? See if you, maybe you can get them cheaper right now. Or I mean, like, are you, yeah, yeah, yeah you, should always, you should always try. I mean, the worst thing you can get is somebody to say no to you. Um, but I, if you're asking me, do I think that person's going to change the value based on these reports? Probably not. I mean, if you have if you have a player like Devonte Adams caliber, that's the type of talent that you just ride it out until that ship is down yeah. in this situation because the talent's so good that I can't imagine a scenario that if I had him that I'd be willing to trade for less than what I think he's worth, even if the situation's bad, unless I am a team that's in a complete rebuild and I just need to get as much value as I can in a short period of time as I can before it goes under. So. I don't want people to listen to this and to think <clears throat> that we're seeing the sky is falling for Devonte Adams or, or anything in this offense. It's just mm. something to monitor as this offseason goes on. Um, because if it, if it comes to that, then while he wouldn't be, you know, it's not like he's going to drop down to a low and wide receiver too. He's not going to return the draft capital you put into him. Certainly in redraft and in dynasty, he obviously won't meet the expectations you have. I think his internet just dipped. Um, but no, I agree. You're not going to get the expectations that you had because 
he's going to have a lower ceiling quarterback. I was carrying on your current thought. Um, but um, I do think that you are correct that, you know, you just kind of ride Devontae Adams out. But if someone midseason, like if he's having a surprisingly, you know, mid-wide receiver two-year, yeah, you go ahead and ship him out to a contending roster if you're not competing. Um, but I will ask this one question before we move on to the mock draft. Um, would you rather have Devontae Adams with a Brian Hoyer-led offense or DeAndre Hopkins on, we'll say, the Lions? Which one would you rather have on a dynasty roster? Just a I'd roster rather in have, general. Yeah, I, I would still rather have Devontae Adams because I think at this point it's great, still a better player. And while I think the Lions situation would be great as an offense, I mean, there's still a lot of mouths to feed with there with Aaron Ross and Brown is going to get catches. Jameer Gibbs is going to get catches. And whenever Jameson Williams is back, he's going to get catches. And so it's not so much that the situation is not great from an offensive standpoint. It's it's the idea that even with that, DeAndre Hopkins is not going to demand perhaps the type of, type of target share we imagined whenever he was in Arizona. What if, he, what, if, what if he was on Kansas City and he's the clear alpha wide receiver one with Travis Kelsey? Because then, it's I mean, a much closer – yeah, it's a much closer discussion because at that point, I mean – at that point, I know you would hate it um, from yeah, your yeah. standpoint, but that's that's where you just want to see a 50-50% <laughs> share of targets on offense. Just mm-hmm. I'd throw it to Kelsey, i throw it to Hopkins, don't throw it to anybody else. Uh, I would be mucho upset, but, you know, it is what it is. That's why you get multiple first-round picks, because every now and then one can crash and burn, it's fine. Um, but other than that, nothing really of note happened. So what we're going to do now is we're going to transition into – our mock draft that we have set up um, and we did a random draw. Unfortunately, Jance got number one. I got number three. And like I mentioned earlier, this is specifically with our empire settings, which is a two quarterback, two wide receiver, uh, two flex league. I believe it's full PPR. So, I mean, there's a lot of add-ons to it. Like whenever I'm explaining it to someone, I feel like I'm getting a chemical compound and I'm explaining like the components of it. Um, and while this mock draft, it, it blessed me with the 1-3. I know when the real draft comes, it's always going to give me, like, you know, the 110, 1-11. So I'll miss out on all the elite quarterbacks, like normal, right. and I have to piecemeal my way to quarterback. But anyways, anyways. But, gents, with that being said, um, we're going to make it happen, Captain. I believe in you. You're on the clock. Yeah, I mean, as straightforward as I think this pick is, I do think there's a legitimate discussion between the top three quarterbacks. I think in some drafts you have people that will select different quarterbacks between Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts. For me, it's not that hard of a question. I'm taking the one of the three that I feel confident will, based on previous history, will remain the healthiest yep. and has the best chance of being number one over the course of the season. That's Patrick Mahomes. That, 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 I think that's the best thing when it comes to the one spot is because it's just – the automatic it's like pat mahomes is going to be great he's going to throw even he like his quote-unquote terrible season is like 4525 touchdowns instead of 5030 yeah. touchdowns um jalen hurts went two which leads me to three it hurts me because like josh allen's a guy i want to fully delve into but i have this hold in my in my in my heart oh man that I don't want to do it, but I am. Um, I'm going to select Josh Allen, but he's someone that honestly, I personally would not be shocked if when it comes draft season that Josh Allen is not the third quarterback because we hear more about how he's not going to run as much. Um, So after Josh Allen went Joe Burrow, 
Justin Jefferson, the first position player. Justin Herbert, CMC at seven, Kelsey at eight, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson at nine, 10, which to me is pretty surprising. Uh, Jamar Chase at 11, Cooper Cup at 12, then JT, Trevor Lawrence, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, Tyreek Hill back at the 2-5, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, CeeDee Lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown, and then your boy is back with pick 210. Uh, I'm looking at Dak Prescott, Bijan Robinson, A.J. Brown. Um, as I kind of scroll down, there's more wide receiver names that I feel mostly okay with. I think I'm going to be that person. I'm going to take – Bijan at the 210 just because of the hopes of getting a top four top five running back at the 210 is going to set me up I feel like for long-term success yeah no it's a fantastic pick I hate how this fell to me um, um this is the section of the draft where it just kind of feels like a dead zone not dead zone is not the correct word it's just gross there plenty of good, there's plenty of good players here but the value I don't love it because to give an idea of what I'm looking at I'm looking at that Prescott Deshaun Watson at quarterback Derek Henry, Mark Andrews, Josh Jacobs, a bunch of fantastic names, but I would have felt so much better if an A.J. Brown fell to me at this spot mm-hmm. or a Bijan. Um, Too bad. Man. <laughs> Let's take a look here. As a result, based on what I'm looking at here, I think I want to go the Josh Jacobs route. Um, to me, with the season he had last year and even with – how much uncertainty we have for this year. I think he's still in line to produce another easy top five running back season. So that's the pick for me here. Now I get the turn. Now it gets more difficult. And that's what sucks about the first. Running back, running back, or I can. That's what sucks about the first overall pick is you're you're choosing your shot um, as early as the second and third round because you're not going to get the guy you're looking for 24 picks later probably. Right. Well, and that's the problem is I like the receipt. I would love to take a receiver here because I believe that receivers are much more consistent mm-hmm. with, with reflecting their draft position or draft capital. But Jalen Waddle, Waddle just feels like a little bit of a reach at this spot. If it's not him, it's Garrett Wilson, which I feel like is also a reach at this spot. So I'm, 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 I'm torn between the Derrick Henry's and the Brees Halls and the Nick Chubbs of the world. I'm going to be bold, though. I'm going to take another running back that I like a lot that's this year. Balanced. Without Kareem Hunt there in Cleveland, we have to think that this team probably gets back. To, I mean, they'll obviously throw more than they have in the past, but they seem like they threw it a ton to try and get Sean Watson back in the fold last year. I think that'll be dialed back a little bit. I think Nick Chubb's in line for a huge season this year. So I'm looking at two positions. I'm looking at quarterback, and I'm looking at a wide receiver. Quarterback, I could take Dak Prescott, Sean Watson, Tua, Kirk Cousins. I kind of like. I'm kind of okay with most of those names. Um. Wide receiver, it's basically Jalen Model, Garrett Wilson. Like T. Higgins is a guy that kind of he stands out to me at three three, but but it's at the same time it's like he's not going to be explosive. He's not going to be the one. But the thing about Jalen Model, who I I want to take, it's the same story. But I just feel like the way that offense was running, both of those receivers were about to be a top five wide receiver at the end of the year if Tua never gets hurt. Um. It might be my um, dolphin roots, but I feel like I can get some more consistent production as, as far as a PPR standpoint later in the draft with just guys who are going to get, you know, six for 50 and put up 11 fantasy points on a week, which isn't bad. But meanwhile, Jalen Model has had 52-point games, and that's going to win me that week yep. pretty handily just outright. Um, <clears throat> so coming through the end of the third round, so after I took Jalen at 3-3, 
You went Derrick Henry, Ken Walker, which I think his ADP is going to continue to fall. Uh, Garrett Wilson, 3-6. Then Prescott Watson, uh, Mark Andrews, Travis Etienne at 310, T. Higgins 311, Tua at 3-12. Um, is there any real name that stands out to you in the first three rounds that, you know, getting closer to draft season, so getting closer to August, September, any of these names do you feel like it's going to drastically change? Like, obviously, if Brees Hall comes out and he says, you know, he's doing everything, sprinting, cutting, I think he'll probably be a, <clears throat> close to a first-round pick. Um, is there anyone besides really him that can change their draft stock drastically compared to what we're seeing today? No, I think this has been a pretty status quo draft. I think that if anyone, let's say DeAndre Hopkins goes to the Jets, you could probably see Garrett Wilson's take a hit. I mean, he feels like a guy – it's hard to say because there's so much hype regarding Garrett mm-hmm. Wilson that I could see the training camp buzz just go so hard that maybe he ascends even further than he is. But it feels like maybe he's hit the ceiling. I mean, it's hard to imagine a scenario where you take him ahead of Jalen Waddle and CeeDee Lamb and Amon Ross St. Brown maybe can. But uh, an addition like that may knock him down a peg. But besides that, everything else I see here seems to be pretty status quo. You've got Mark Andrews at 3-9. It's always curious to see where that second tight end goes off the board. Towards the back end of the, th- of the third round, it's probably actually a pretty decent spot for him, honestly. Yeah, and remember, like, this is a redraft league. So <clears throat> that's why you have some of the older dogs like Cooper Cup in the first round. I know this is mostly dynasty focused, but Empire is a passion of ours that also hurts. Um, but – but I, for me, like I said, I think the biggest name that stands out is probably Ken Walker. Like, if we just get more reports that Zach Charbonnet is carrying the load, like, you know, we have Pete Carroll, the GM, come out and say, like, oh, it's going to be closer to, you know, 50-50 split. That's when I feel like Ken Walker kind of starts dipping closer to the mid-fours, uh, maybe even early fives, and Zach Charbonnet goes from, I think he's like the 10th right now, up into the 7th, uh, just because of that possibility of what could be. Um, but... I don't know. I'm going to hit going. Is there any team besides yours that you currently really like that's floating around out there? Let's take a look at this. I mean, Team um, 11. I, I, team I love Bengals yeah. receivers. <laughs> I was about to say the exact same thing. That team 11, stocking up on Bengals, is a is a muscle play. Um, no, actually, uh, that team I actually enjoy quite a bit, despite the fact that it is two Bengals, going with Jamar Chase and Trevor Lawrence and T. Higgins. I mean, they're going to be on more often than they're not, even together. And Trevor Lawrence, I think, is somebody, though he's ascending, I think he's going to be top six, top seven this year with the addition of Calvin Ridley. Mm. So that's a really good team. I like the start to yours uh, with Josh Allen, B. John, and Jalen Waddle. I mean, those are three studs that I, you don't see a lot of downside with those guys other than a Tua injury to Jalen mm. Waddle. And if they hit the ceiling, then it's it's you know perhaps the best team in the league. And, and that's where I think – that's why I think I took Jalen Waddle at three because I looked down the list and there was not necessarily another player that I feel like could achieve. Like, you know, God forbid if Tyreek goes down, Jalen Waddle could be wide receiver one. And it wouldn't right. surprise me too much. Um, I like team two. I mean, Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown stack with Brees Hall at three, two. That's going to be one of those teams that if, like, if Brees is healthy, that should be a competing roster. But anyways, all right, we're going to resume this sucker. Peter's going to pick from 4-1, so it goes Najee, TJ Hawkinson, Ramondre, Devonta Smith, Tony Pollard, George Kittle, which I think is kind of high, uh, DK Metcalf at 4-7, Kirk Cousins 4-8, Chris Olave at 4-9, then I'm back at 4-10. Um, oh, gross. These names are painful. <laughs> um, 
So basically I'm looking at like Daniel Jones, Russell Wilson, <clears throat> Debo Samuel, which is a non-option for me. <laughs> Jared Goff, there's Kyle Pitts, there's Dalvin, Gino, Keenan Allen. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let fate decide for me play the ADP game. I'm going to take Keenan Allen at the 410. He was the guy that I was talking about that's going to be the more PPR guy on this roster. As long as he's healthy, I think he's going to get anywhere between like, what, six to eight receptions a week almost. And probably yeah. almost double-digit targets, even with Quentin Johnson showing up. For sure. No, and that hurts. Um, that's who I would have loved to have fallen to me with Keenan <laughs> Allen. I mean, I know that he is consistently wide receiver too, but it feels like even despite his age with the addition of Kellen Moore and it just feels like this offense is due for a massive rebound yeah. after last year that he is in line to perhaps put up a top 12 wide receiver season even at his age. And that's so why it makes take. me happy to get him in front of you. Just, mean, just to spurn you. I, I'm learning that I actually don't love being at the 1-1 one, one turn here because <laughs> once again, I don't love the options of running mm-hmm. back. It's Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Jameer Gibbs. Obviously, I've already got two, so it's probably not going to happen here. Amari Cooper, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Pittman, Terry McLaurin. I mean, it's decent names, but just That's nothing painful. that I just want to have right now. Second quarterback, quarterback time. Yeah, and quarterback Daniel Jones, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff. And it's not that any of those names aren't enticing. They are. It's just there's a there's a big enough cluster there that I feel like one of them may make it back to me in the next round. Um, Kyle Pitts. I'm going to go with a guy. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to go with a guy that – I think Scott of high of upside as anybody that's available here, certainly the wide receiver. I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. Um, if if the Broncos offense goes takes a step forward, like I think it will, I think like many expect it will, with Sean Payton at the helm mm-hmm. and with Russell Wilson having at least somewhat of a bounce back from last year. We already saw the end of the season that Jerry Judy had, which was I think it was top five over the course of the last handful of weeks. There's something like that. Um, that we know the talent's there. Um, he just need an opportunity and somebody to get in the ball consistently. So perhaps that happens this year. He's been one of my breakouts for several months now. So I love him at this point. Still leaves with another choice to make at this point in the draft with Amari Cooper. I, do I want to do two Browns in the first five picks? <laughs> Seems a little sketchy. Um, running back, quarterback. I will go ahead. Let's see. Let me just go ahead and go all in on this Broncos bandwagon and Ooh. go ahead and take my second quarterback. And we'll take Russell Wilson. Pretty much for the same reason talking about the Jerry Judy is that I think he's gotten to the point where he's in that quarterback 12 to 15, 16 discussion. And I think he can certainly hit that ADP pretty easily if we expect this offense to to take a step forward mm-hmm. like we're hoping and like we think they will. And so and what you did was like, the reason why I took Keenan Allen is because I looked and there's like four quarterbacks that I was okay with being my quarterback too behind Josh Allen. With a guy like Josh Allen, you know, you're expecting to have spike weeks. You're expecting to have, you know, pretty steady conditions to where he's going to produce. So, I mean, right now my debate for myself is basically Jared Goff, Geno Smith, Aaron Rodgers, which yep. three years ago you'd have chuckled if I mentioned Jared Goff and Geno Smith being in contention to be like, you know, quarterback 12 to 15, like you said, um, so this is what's difficult for me. Um, I'm going to go Jared Goff because I feel like that offense is going to throw the ball more just because good old Pete Carroll in Seattle, he's going to notice the grindstone type of guy. And I think of the two teams, I honestly feel like the Lions might have a better chance to be down in more games, giving the opportunities to, you know, have to throw the ball more. Plus he's locked and loaded. Um, right. So after Jared Goff at 5'3", when Amari Cooper, Michael Pittman, Terry McLaurin, 
Uh, Aaron Jones at 5'7", DeAndre Swift, Dalvin Cook, which could be an absolute steal if he stays in Minnesota. But if the second that news piece releases, he's not, you know, a back in the fifth round pick. Now, then there's DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, which I think is a great steal to, once again, Team 11, showing some moxie. Taking down then Dallas Goddard, J.K. Dobbins, and then a third Bengal to Team 11 with Joe Mixon. <laughs> Jameer Gibbs, Godwin, Drake London at 6'5", DJ Moore, uh, Damian Pierce at 6'7", uh, Darren Waller, Miles Sanders at 6'9". And that one kind of hurts because that's – I was looking for Miles Sanders to fall back around to me because now I scroll down because I feel like my roster is looking at running backs. It's kind of a little a little thirst. Like there's Javante Williams. Um, then I scroll – big scroll down. There's Cam Akers, James Conner, Isaiah Pacheco. I mean, Alvin Kamara even way further down there. So I think I'm going to be the terrible person. And I'm, yes, I'm debating a third quarterback this early because in two quarterback leagues, yeah, having yeah. a third quarterback is essential. And as someone last year who was scrambling to find some semblance of a quarterback two for the majority of the year, I'm letting those flashbacks hit me. Um, so I am going to take another quarterback. It's just, is it Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, or Geno Smith? Because now right. that you know, it's back in this area, if Kyler ends up playing this year, he could be a fantastic value. But I feel like that's a big if because the Cardinals pretty much front to back are pretty bad. Um, so I think I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers just with this perspective of what's around him. And I'll deal with the running back position starting in this round. And you're about to hear a lot of running backs come off the board to me. Yep. No, I like to pick um... – I'm going to go ahead. I'm still needing my receiver help. I'm going to take Christian Watson. I don't think last year was a fluke. I think he certainly profiles to have, as we all know, as high of upside as anybody. Can that bubble burst? You know, obviously it can. But there's nobody staying in his way from getting all the targets that he needs or wants. I don't think this offense is just going to fall off a cliff because Aaron Rodgers isn't there. I'm not saying they obviously won't take a step back. But I think they could have some more play calling flexibility with Aaron Rodgers obviously not there. And second year for Christian Watson, a full season healthy, because we forget that obviously he missed a lot of the offseason with his injury. So full offseason to be healthy, to continue to grow, and to allow that beautiful long frame to catch deep passes. <laughs> I'm excited to see what he can do. So I'll take him as a, my second receiver. Now I'm plus, at the point. Plus he's a wide receiver 27 in this current draft, which I think is decent value for him just to see what happens. Well, and, and to compare it for those listening, it was either between him like a Mike Williams, a Christian Kirk, yeah. Mike Evans. So, I mean, there's there's downside with all of these players, mm-hmm. so you're not just getting a perfect guy at this point. Um, I'm still looking at either receiver again or or tight end, honestly, at this point for me. Uh, I have some problems with a handful of these wide receivers. I almost <laughs> just want to pass on it until the next time. So I'm going to go ahead and take probably my tight end 7-8-ish in my rankings. That's going to be David Njoku. Once again, mm-hmm. I know two Browns. But mm-hmm. – um, perhaps two of the most uh, productive in that offense and they had a great season last year. I think you can do it again this year. Well, plus David Njoku led the league in like red zone target percentage of his team. Um, but so I'm going to take well, and that's, and that's with having bad quarterback play last year throughout the entire yeah. season, relatively speaking. So I'm going to take Cam Akers here just because of the opportunity that's in front of them. Um, all he has to do is, I mean, last year he ended the game on an absolute or ended the year on an absolute tear what's going to stop him from doing that this year? I mean, with a better offense that we can project moving forward and with him being on a better offense, I think it's just going to come with more scoring opportunities to go along with 
I mean, he ended like what the last four or five weeks. He was like the running back two overall. And I don't think there's anyone else that's within his price range right now that can be that player. Um, sure. Now that I come back around him, I'll read off the the list whenever he gets to your picks. That way people can kind of process where people have gone. Um, I am going to just slam another running back here. And I'm going to go with a little bit of upside hopeful here. Um, and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to end up going with Zach Charbonnet just because of the what-ifs. Just yeah. because of the possibilities. And I know I've been talking about him and, you know, especially dynasty context, um, but just because the possibility of what happens if he is the guy. Um, so then after, so I, after I took acres at the seven, three went Alvin Kamara, Mike Williams, Javante Williams, which I th- think is surprisingly well-priced. Um, Brandon, you, James Connor, Isaiah Pacheco, Mike Evans, and then rounded out as Tyler Lockett and Marquise Brown, who, those are two, like Marquise Brown, especially his ADP is going to start rising pretty quick um, with DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Type. Um, then it went Deonta Johnson, which I love that two-pack of picks from Team 12. Um, into Geno Smith, who, remember, I was contemplating taking at the 5-3. He just fell all the way back around. And there's Evan Ingram, George Pickens, Dave Montgomery, who could be an absolute steal, who went full two rounds later compared to Jameer Gibbs. Tyler Algier, Cooper, um, Cole Komet, Daniel Jones, Pat Firemuth, I took Charvin and Kyler Murray, and then Jansen's back up at 8-12. Yeah, this is tough. It always is at this spot. I'm still leaning wide receiver. Got some names that I like a lot here. I'll go ahead and take Trey Burks at the 8-12. There is absolutely nobody standing between him and targets this year. Just as I planned. Um, and my wide receiver, three. And then I'm probably going to go – wide receiver again okay. and take another second year wide receiver that I okay. have big hopes for in Jihad Dotson. Uh, that's fine. Um, so even though I pass on wide receiver early to fill it out with Jerry Judy, Christian Watson, Traylon Burks, and John Dotson makes me feel pretty good about it. So I'm happy to get beyond that point and be able to focus. On <laughs> yeah. And this is like, you know, where you get into the draft theorem, if you will, like, especially like a hard two quarterback league, um, where you have to start two quarterbacks every week. Like, my two receivers are Jalen Waddle, Keenan Allen with nothing behind it. Um, like, I'm looking at, like, some rookie hopefuls and some good, decent names down here. I mean, there's Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, Jameson Williams, um, and then Cortland Sutton, Gabe Davis. Like, but now you're getting into more of the – you're taking a hopeful attempt at what's going to be. And, right. For instance, like if my 410, if I would have gone with someone other than Keenan Allen, I'd be smashing Quentin Johnson here because of the potential of the upside of what it may be. Um, and I know someone thinking is like, oh, well, that means he's going to take Jamison Williams. Wrong O. He has a six-game suspension, which means I'm going to have to let him sit there, eat a roster spot for six weeks, and not feel like I can drop him because I know the second I do, someone else is going to pick him up but I can't trade him because everyone else knows that he's not playing until week six. So I'll let somebody else jump on that bullet and make them make that decision. I'll take Jordan Addison, who I feel like is another high floor selection at the new wide receiver two for the Vikings. Um, just because all the coverage is going to go in Justin Jefferson, which is going to leave him wide open on the other side, which I think Kirk Cousins is a smart enough quarterback to read the entire field and come back to him. Um, circles all the way back around to me. Um, I think I'm, I'm looking at pretty much anything now. I'm not quarterback because I can ignore that safely in my head because I have my three and I'm fine with life. Right now it's like Kadarius Tony, Jamal Williams, Rashad Bateman, and there's Juju, Michael, Michael Thomas, 
Ooh, there's Chig Okonkwu and Greg Dulcich back-to-back. Uh, this is chance. This feels gross. We are in the round 10. So yeah, that's where you're kind of taking your <laughs> fingers crossed hopefuls. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take another upside shot, the running back Antonio Gibson. Let's see what happens. If he actually does get more touches from Eric, the enemy become that Jerick McKinnon role. Yep. Yep. No, I, I love the thinking. I actually really like this Rashad Bateman pick right in front of me as well. <laughs> Uh, for team two, now it's his wide receiver five, which is amazing. Yeah, and I know Rashad Bateman has been written off by a lot of people, but I mean, there is a real scenario that he comes back, is healthy, and has just as good an opportunity to be the wide receiver one in that offense as as really anybody else. I mean, mm-hmm. Odell is there obviously, um, with Mark Andrews, and I'm totally blanking on their first round pick from Boston College. Zay Flowers, <laughs> Zay Flowers, thank you. You're welcome. Um, so, he, he, so he's, he's got still on the board. Yeah, so he's got competition, but um, that's a name that I perhaps could have even waited for, wide receiver. I'm pretty much whittled down between quarterback because I desperately need my third one to make sure I get a good backup. <laughs> Just to have a third league. one. <laughs> yeah, and then running back because I haven't taken running back since Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb, so I love those top two, but I don't have a lot of depth. Um, so let me go ahead and take the quarterback with um, with Jordan Love. Um, a lot that we don't know about Jordan Love, obviously, with this offense. But there is some upside to be had here. That He's got some decent weapons, especially with him acquiring um, Jane Reed, I think was the name, Yep. Um, from Michigan State, who a lot of people are starting to get on the train with. Christian Watson's there. Romeo Dobbs is there. Um, so there's some things to like, and I think he profiles great as your quarterback three if you can get him at that spot. So I'm super happy with that. I need to go running back to get some depth on this roster. The names I'm looking at choosing between. They're not fun. Yeah, it's like the Alexander Madison's of the world, which if Delvin Cook skips, then that pick would he would not be here at this point, mm-hmm. obviously, come your drafts, if that is. So it's not, it's a little unfair. I think Elijah Mitchell is actually a sneaky pick here. Yes, he's not going to get a ton of run with Christian McCaffrey there, but we do know that, say, for last year, Christian McCaffrey has had a spotted injury history. And so if that were to happen even for a couple of weeks, then he automatically is super valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Devin A-Chain territory, phone to shoot for the moon as well as like a Damon Harris, who this is a PPR league, so it's not near as it's valuable healing in this stance. Um, the name is there. It's a little unfair, but I'll go ahead and take Alexander Madison. Oh, I mean, I would too. If he if he made it to me, I was going to smash it and gloat. Um, that like once you reach like what, you would say probably round 10 in majority of drafts is when you just start scrolling to find your guy. You completely screw if, ADP, you throw it out the window and just find who you want. Pretty much. And even with that in mind, going back to your Jamison Williams conversation, I love Jamison Williams as much as the next guy, but he feels like a pick with missing those first six games that even I would not take him until I have exhausted all of what I would consider the good contributors at wide receiver. Um, at which point you get past that and you get into the guys that you have questions is, is this guy really going to be able to contribute to my team consistently? Mm-hmm. Then that's when you smash that kind of pick. Let me tell you, the wide receiver um, wide receiver room out here is it's bleak, my friend. It's very, very bleak. Like, Because I, I need to add somebody else. Um, I don't have a tight end yet, but at this juncture, like if you haven't taken a tight end by probably, like the honestly, one of the top three or four, just punt. Wait for the yeah, value to find you. Um, like you did with David Njoku. Like, if he was there at 7'3", that would have been a more difficult decision for me. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm probably going to – 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something non-characteristic. I'm going to rely on Lamar Jackson to throw the ball a little more. I'll take Zay Flowers. Just as the potential of what happens if they actually do throw the ball more. And, you know, they did burn a first-round pick on him for some god-awful reason. Um, just the thought and the potential of grabbing – who could be – because, I mean, Rashad Bateman at 10, Zay Flowers at 11, around 11, like, what, four picks apart – I feel yeah. like that's good value for both of them to take your upside swing. Like if it doesn't work out by week two, whatever, who cares? Cut them and move on. Um, I'm back up on the clock. Ooh, this name snuck up on me. Rashad Penny, 12-10. Scared me. I'm glad you didn't take the guy that I was looking at. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go ahead and very quickly slide down and snag some AJP, Ryan. I know, okay. I know the reports are – are great about Javante of him being in OTAs and he's moving well and stuff like that. But we've been down this road enough yep. that I'm still not going to believe the hype. I, I will miss out on Javante Williams. This year. I'm just yeah. telling everybody this. I will miss him. And I'm okay with, with missing him if he turns out because we've seen it time and time again. It's not availability is not the question with these ACL injuries. It's how long does it take him to return back to peak form? Mm-hmm. And that could be week eight, week nine. And even then some RGP may still be, a valuable cog in this offense. So to get him as my running back four, I love it. I'll be shocked if come draft season in August, you can get him that far down. Um, then I'm posed with the situation of really at this point, like you mentioned, you're just taking your guys and it doesn't really matter what position it's at. Tight end is super ugly, but I do need a second one at some point. Are you really um, taking a backup tight end? In this type of league? Yeah. Yeah, probably because we got 16 rounds. If we didn't have huge benches in this league or decent benches, then probably not. Um, I am but... thinking about cutting that fifth bench spot, by the way, or sixth bench spot, making it just four. Because remember, and I that's added what... it because of COVID. Right, and that may change it if if we don't have that deep of benches. Um, let's see, wide receiver, running back. Blah, 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 blah. Let's go ahead and take. Oh, man, I, I want to lean towards like a Kenneth Gainwell because I feel like he's not getting enough love, especially in this PPR league. He might be more valuable. Between him and like a Kendry Miller, if you're just taking mm-hmm. somebody for total upside, let's go ahead and let's take Kenneth Gainwell because even though he doesn't profile to be the one, I don't think the scenario is that crazy that he gets very valuable touches in that backfield with who he's competing against. Um, you know, with Rashad Penny, obviously we know the injury history. Uh, and with DeAndre Swift, we love him, but you know, with the draft capital, the relatively low draft capital they've had to invest in him, um, and just where he's at in his career, that it seems like everybody believes that he needs to be protected for injury himself, that he might not get bulk touches. So, bro, in this draft, he went in the fifth round. I would rather have Rashad Penny at the twelve ten or Kenny Gainwell at thirteen one than DeAndre Swift at the five. That's way yeah. overpriced, way too much hype for a guy who, once again, we, th- we think has immense talent, but he can't stay on the field. And, like, and, and, and you could say the same thing with Rashad Penny. So, that like, basically, I think what you and I are going to ascribe to with several situations, like, you know, for instance, um, the Baltimore receiving room, um, Philly running back room, um, what's another one? Um, even like I'd say the Miami running back room, like I just kind of want one of the later guys. Just yeah, the Saints running back out. room could be that too. Yeah, the Saints running back room. Um, yep. And so it's just kind of I just want someone who's at the back half who could potentially pop off and be um, that dude. I'm looking at my team. I still I still need a tight end, but guess what? I I don't care that much right now. I'm at once again 
I'm just taking shots. So I'll actually take DJ Shark just to see what happens in Carolina. I mean, he's big, he's fast. Bryce Young needs somebody to throw the ball to. Um, Jonathan Mingo, yes, is there. Adam Thielen's there, but it's the 13th round. If DJ Shark hits, yeah. fantastic. If he doesn't, goodbye. Well, yeah. DJ Shark totally seems like a guy that's going to get one of those blurbs that Bryce Young <laughs> has a connection with DJ Shark. Bryce Young <laughs> took him out to Sonic to get a shake. <laughs> Wide receiver one forever. Yes. Um, 14th round. Now we're getting closer to tight end territory, but guess what? I'm not going to do it. Um, this Dude, is just. Speak- Speaking of running backs here, and we've discussed this, the the Miami running back room, we believe that somebody's going to be productive in that running back room, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at some level. And where is he? Um, Devin A. Chain. 12-7. He, he just went off the board at 12-7. Uh, he went for 12-7. And then the guys that right now that actually profile to be the starters <laughs> come the season, Jeff Wilson and Ramos are back-to-back. Sitting here staring at me in the face. Are still on the board, which seems like fantastic value. Listen, I'm not going to front. I looked directly in Raheem Mostert's eyes, and I said, you, sir, you are a tantalizing person who's luring me into the deep like a siren calling. Um, you're just <laughs> upside hunting here. I-, I will take another shot at who could be a starting running back um, just because, like, the reason why I keep firing off these running backs is because running backs are king in fantasy. Wide receivers yeah. typically are going to stay pretty steady with their value. Um, but, like, for instance, like, Roshan Johnson, Sean Tucker, taking some run- rookie running backs back here. Like, I know Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert, I just said that, you know, I'm looking at t- taking the number one on the team. Um, for me, when it comes to Miami, I kind of want Devin A. Chain or nobody just because I'm like, you, they invested a pick into him. Um, and so, that being said, oh, there's also Izzy Bonaconda, and I did love him. Reese Hall might take some time to get back. No, I'm sure. Mm. I talked myself into it. I have to. It's on brand to take Izzy. Um, Makes sense. Just because what happens if he earns himself a 40% touch roll? What happens if? That basically just means I can pawn him off to the Brees Hall manager after this draft and get whatever I want, maybe. I don't know. A better pick probably would have, would have been one of my any guys. But that's beside the point. I'm, I'm here to make people better than me. <laughs> <laughs> and I and so at this point, actually, we're scraping <laughs> the bottom of the barrel here in the. You're holding your round. nose and taking a pick. But I I still only have four four receivers in total, so I need a fifth. It's just you're going through a list of names like the Isaiah Hodgins of the world, Romeo Dobbs, Hunter Renfro's, Josh Palmer's, Josh Downs. Um, Jonathan Mingo point, still lurking somewhere. Is Jonathan Mingo still lurking here? He should be this far down. Uh, no, he, yeah. like that's a, he had to come off the board. Jonathan right? Mingo's still on the board. Hmm. <laughs> he he's yeah. just he, yeah he's one of those players. I think that he's ranked like two forty two in redraft ADP right now. Um, two forty three. Uh, just behind yeah, Russell Gage, just had a Marvin Jones. Um, he he's one of those players that if you know nothing goes too crazy, you will hear his name come to one of our teams. And, you know, probably like the eleventh and later round. Just I mean, because I am aim, aiming towards a a a rookie wide receiver, I'll go ahead and take Rashi Rice. I mean, we we talk about this once again. That wide receiver room is so wide open in Kansas City mm-hmm. at this point. And you just start taking. Parts of it, 
And when you take him in deep rounds like this, it's it's like, hey, if he hits and he's a big part of it, then he looks great. And if he's not, then you took him with a 14th overall yeah, or 14th I mean, round pick. And, and that's and this is where you're making those decisions to set yourself up for – oh, you freaking jerk. Yeah, dude. This is where you set yourself oh, you still up. Had, you still hadn't taken time. I haven't taken time. <laughs> I punted this puppy straight in the crotch, man. I'm still lurking the deep. Um, I hate you. I was like, no one's going to take Jawan Johnson. And then all of a sudden, you read your ugly head up and said, bonjour. Um, gross. This actually hurts. Um, so basically, when it comes to tight ends, I'm looking at like Hayden Hurst, Trey McBride, uh, Noah Fance, Irv Smith, Jake Ferguson, Sam Laporta. Um, scrolling down the list to see a bunch of emptiness. I mean, there's the Green Bay tight ends. Oh, snap. Um, I want to throw up. Um, but this is what you do. Honestly, like in this situation, I would be perusing, hey, who's your week one matchup? That's what I'd be doing. I'd enter a full-blown stream conversation, and we're just – I'll just say thumbs up to Irv Smith because he's on the Bengals. End of reasoning. Yep. Um, and this is, this is a league where we don't have kickers because we, we like our sanity here. Um, defenses should always be one of your last pick or two. Um, I will say, honestly, if I went back in retrospect, I probably would have taken the Eagles defense over Irv Smith just because I think over the course of the year they're going to be a little bit more beneficial. But don't get your heart so set on taking the defense that you take them any earlier than, like, what? The, oh, the last round. The last you. round. Thank and, you. And you will have people in your league that will take defense as early as, like, round six and seven. Really? And when have, they do – You celebrate. When they do, you, you clap. And you, you message them in the group and you say thank <laughs> you. That's what you do. There was someone in Empire that took the Rams at the third round, like, the second yeah. year we did that. And as the person – like, they were at the, the 12th spot. I was at the 11th spot. I jumped for joy. In all honesty, my my way of and I will do it in this draft as well is unless and I, most leagues don't unless your league has some weird rule that you have to draft a legal lineup on draft day, then I won't. You won't even see me drafting a defense on draft mm-hmm. day. I will draft another player, hold them as long as I can, and then just before week one, I'll go pick. I will pick a defense that has a good matchup, and we'll yep. play it like that. And then you'll drop whoever of the players you picked up on your bench has the worst, you know, talking points at a training camp and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. that's the way to go about it. And, and my yachty self, I fully respect that. Like, I would do that too. Um, like, for instance, but like, you know, just to take a shot on a player just to see what happens. Like, if this was a one week before the year, yeah, I would probably pick a wide receiver or something. Uh, just to see, like, you know, Robert Woods, what happens if he's a wide receiver one or Taekwon? Ooh, actually, I'm taking Taekwon Thornton. Um, <laughs> what yeah, do they add to, to that team to, to go against Taekwon Thornton? Yeah, who cares? Mike, he's Mike Gusecki. <laughs> Once again, nobody. Right. Yeah, and for me, it's a perfect opportunity. I'm going to take Chubb's handcuff. Drum forward to this pick 16 that if I took a defense, I would not have the opportunity. <laughs> no, zero percent chance. Um, so I will. I'll recap my team. Um, oh, hey, the Dallas Stars are losing five to nothing in an eliminator. Oh my God! Oh. In Dallas, by the way. Oh, it's only the second. No, it's the third period still. Anyways, so my two quarterback roster is Josh Allen, Jared Goff, um, Bijan Robinson, Cam Akers, then wide receiver uh, Jalen Model, Keenan Allen starting, Irv Smith at tight end. Then what's listed as my flexes is Zach Charbonnet, Jordan Addison. What would 
actually be is probably like Rashad Penny and Jordan Addison. My defense is a cricket. You know why? As I pick one up before the year started. Uh, the bench players is Aaron Rodgers, Antonio Gibson, Zay Flowers, Rashad Penny, DJ Chark, Izzy Bonacana, and Taekwon Thornton. Chance, what's your team looking like? Top to bottom, it goes Patrick Mahomes, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb in round three. Jerry Judy is my first wide receiver in round four. Russell Wilson, Christian Watson. David Njoku in round seven. Traylon Burks, John Dodson in round nine. Jordan Love, Alexander Madison, Samaje Pirine in round 12. Kenneth Gainwell, Rishi Rice, Jawan Johnson, and Jerome Form. Jerome Ford. Oh, <laughs> Jerome Ford. Jerome Forms <laughs> himself onto my squad. <laughs> I, I just didn't want to say a brand name. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we don't have him uh, trademarked for the shitty yesterday. guy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just shitty. Um, so, like, looking at the draft, I know this is our first one that we've done, and it's May for crying out loud. Um, is there any any spot on your team that you feel like is just like the absolute weakness that you know you're just like I wish I would have done this instead of this? Because um, I mean, honestly, like for me. My three pack of favorite picks was Madison P. Ryan Gainwell from 11 to 13, just because of the upside that could be by the time, you know, May rolls around. Because remember, there are people doing drafts for a redraft like today. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Um, for me, you know, having done plenty of mocks, I actually, excuse me, hadn't mocked from the first spot. I don't love it. Um, that pick. My picks two and three mm. were really weird for me. I, I love Josh Jacobs. I love Nick Chubb, and I, I would take him again in those spots. But with the players that were available, I felt handcuffed that I had to reach a little bit for anybody because mm-hmm. there were guys at better values that were later on. Um, so on the mocks I've done, even being as far back as like pick 10, pick 7, pick 5, those mid-rounds as well, I, those seem to fall really well for me with guys that I like this one was felt a little weird going running back, running back in round two or three. I haven't done that in the entire off season. In a full PPR so, league too. Yeah. So I think I was able to recover and have a roster I'm happy with, but in a perfect world, I probably don't want to have to pick one uh, in, in, or excuse me, in super draft, super. Uh, <laughs> in two quarterback drafts. Super flex. <laughs> words are hard. Um I don't want to have to pick one because it just didn't seem to fall right for me here. Uh, But what we need to do, you know, workshopping on the fly, what we need to do is see if there's anybody in our leagues that say we get back to August Mm -hmm. or whenever, and we decide to do another mock draft. We need to see if we can get some of our, first of all, some of our listeners as well, league mates, see if they want to get in on a large mock draft for publish like this that way we can get it a little bit more to where it's not so computer dominated and we can get a few more names that we'll see come august august but i love i love the practice of this because it just continues to get us in line with value to see and we talked about this off the air that for me it just changes the way i view players because there's guys that i think i like and guys i think i don't like and then i get to a point like this to where i have to make a decision and it really helps me calibrate and see that maybe I don't view this guy the way I thought <laughs> I did whenever whenever money's on the table, so to speak. Actual money on the table with this one. Um, no, and that's yeah. that's why, like, even though we're dynasty central dynasty centralized podcast, like doing redraft leagues and doing redraft mock drafts can kind of help you put in the perspective, like, even if you're doing, you know, you're trying to execute a trade, it's like this is kind of where the hive mind is placing them for this season by itself at that moment in time. 
Like, I mean, right. for instance, like Jordan Addison at the 9-3, like him being behind, you know, I think he's like wide receiver 20, like wide receiver 30-something. Like mm-hmm. in redraft, I can I can see that. I can see that being his soft landing spot because of, you know, never being the one, having to rely on someone else pretty much that's all going to take coverage away and just never being the dominant target guy. But when it comes to Dynasty, I mean, he's like a top probably 14 name right now. Top 15-ish, just because of player landing spot and stuff like that. Um, but it's just a good practice to kind of catch and see where everyone's at and to kind of see which veteran player in Dynasty is being devalued that if you're a championship roster that you should be upscaling and trying to go after for their current cost. Um, and then once again, like, you know, every draft board is going to be different, but it just helps you get a general picture. It's kind of like KTC. It's something that helps you get a general estimation of value, but it is not – the Bible, it is not hard fact truth. You cannot say, well, this mock draft, this happened because nobody's going to care. Okay. Um, I will say, like, for instance, for my team, I would be okay going into the season with this roster. Um, I do kind of wish instead of Jared Goff at the 5-3, I think I would rather have Calvin Ridley or I'd rather have, like, Aaron Jones or Miles Sanders there just because I feel like my running back room after Brian, you know, Bijan, Robinson, Cam Akers, it's kind of going to be hit or miss. Um, right. So I'd be hoping that I could execute a trade for like Aaron Rodgers to a quarterback thirsty team for one of their running backs at some point. Is there another team here when you look through this that you like more than others, just the way it worked out for them? Oh, I was going to say team eight, but I saw Trey Lance is lurking there. So that's a resounding new um, God, Team 11. <laughs> you know, no, I'm, I'm going to branch out. I'm going to say Team 12 because yeah. Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor could be number one in their position this season. Uh, Najee Harris, J.K. Dobbins in rounds four and round six I think is solid value. They could be top 20 running backs pretty handily. Um, then they curtailed that into – Marquise Brown, Deontay Johnson. Say what you want about Deontay Johnson. He gets a crap ton of targets. Um, and then, I mean, he took Anthony Richardson at 9-12. For me, like, that's after Kenny Pickett. That's after C.J. Stroud. After Trey Lance for some god awful reason. Matt, Matt Stafford, Bryce Young. Um, that's a solid valuation for him currently. And with this team, yeah, he's going to have to make it. You know, they're going to have to make a trade probably for a quarterback during the bye weeks. But also, they could drop Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Zach Evans for, I think I saw Brock Purdy, Sam Howell was still out there on the waiver. Yeah. Like, I would do that in a heartbeat. So, Team 12 kind of has my heart um, over most of the other ones. Like, you know, even though they have Anthony Richardson and even though they did a couple moves that I wouldn't have, I think that probably would be the team if we were to actually play this out. I would probably be more scared of Team 12 than a vast majority of other teams. Right. No, and that's a name – Love him or hate him, uh, the way this is going, and obviously us listening to what insiders think and kind of picking their brain. That it, it seems as though that Anthony Richardson say he does get the starting job, he might go as, as high as fringe top twelve in yeah. the draft come beginning of the season. So that's probably a guy that you won't be able to get as late as round nine, mm. come real draft season. If I'm picking a team, I think it's team five for me. Starting off with Justin Jefferson, Oof. C. Lamb's obviously a great way to start that's with the receivers. Ken Walker. Take it or leave it. We'll see how that one works out. But then Kirk Cousins and Dave, Daniel Jones is your quarterbacks. Whenever you punted on the position in Superflex, Superflex mm-hmm. for me is great. 
I love Darren Waller in a redraft this year as high as perhaps finishing. He, he's definitely two or three. he's definitely coming up in my head too. Mike Williams as this team's wide receiver four. Now that's that's where I'm all in on Mike Williams. Whenever he can be a luxury for your team and just let him hit those six boom weeks, it's fantastic. Yes, the running back depth is is lacking with Ken Walker and AJ Dillon being the the two, but I really don't hate the finish. Yes, he took yeah. a handful of backups, but Devin Singletary is one Damian Pierce injury away or even getting a timeshare of being valuable in that backfield. Jack McKinnon, McKinnon every second half of every year in the playoffs is super valuable mm-hmm. for the Chiefs. And then Roshan Johnson, the guy that could be the RB1 for the Bears, getting him in around 15 is fantastic. Not to mention he gets to have Gabe Davis as his wide receiver five and Chico Conquo. This, this guy, this is why I love this team. I'm figuring it out. <laughs> the reason why I love this team is this guy took my dream redraft tight end combo. Just take Darren Waller, Darren Waller early should. on and get Chico Conquo later on as your upside flyer. That's why I love this team. I see how it's going to be. So that whenever I'm setting the, you know, randomly setting the draft order for Empire, I'm going to get a casual text that says, hey, I'll slip you a 20 if I can get the five spots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so now we're going to shift back to our main focus of dynasty. Whenever it comes to dynasty, what does this draft kind of tell you? Like once again, for me, I know I kind of mostly joked about it at the end of the draft. But Tyquan Thornton is a name that jumps out to me just because he's a speedster, like absolute track speed. Last year, he was dealing with two defensive coordinators as his offensive coordinator. This year, he gets an actual coach who actually knows offenses. And they didn't add anybody. They drafted like a seventh-round Kayshawn Booty. They still have like Devontae Parker, I think, is still around for now until they cut him. Who's another wide receiver on that list? Like Jacoby Myers, he's out of 5,000. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he's a guy that – I mean, so they signed Juju Smith-Schuster, which I personally am not scared of in the yeah, least Yeah, I can't bit. believe we didn't mention Juju. <laughs> Sorry, no, I, I, Sorry Juju. He, I, I'm not. Be better. Um, it's just like he's a, he's a guy who's going to have a role and he's going to be able to go deep. And so that's why I think in Dynasty even, you could add him as a throw-in in trades. Like, oh, yeah, and I guess throw in Taekwon Thornton. That would be fine. Um, right. But he's a guy who you might sneakily try to target throughout the, the offseason. Um, and I got him at around 16. What's the worst that can happen? He does great, and I keep him. Right. I, I think for me, the dice takeaway is just the stark difference between the high rookie picks this year and the mid-rounds. I mean, I don't have any precedent going back in the future necessarily. But, I mean, you've got the JSNs of the world that are still going off in a wide receiver two la- you know, landing spot. I'm trying to find him on here. He's um, a 6'11", team two. Yeah, so he's going six eleven. You got, but then you have these these in in one quarterback draft. You have these guys that are early second round picks and super flex. Obviously, this is going to be more mid second, late second. But you have guys like the Tajay Spears of the world, mm-hmm. Zay Jones is Zay Jones is a or excuse me, not Zay Jones. Um, Zay Flowers. Uh, Zay Flowers is a top seven, top eight, one quarterback league draft. He's a first rounder in super flex, and he's going back around wide or around 14 15 ish um so it just puts into perspective we, we talked about it a while ago uh with ratio rice going this far back and then jonathan mingo jonathan mingo you know early second round pick not even drafted in this super flex draft yeah. so compared to recent years we, we've talked about it but it just feels like there is a super steep decline on these rookie picks once you get past the first four or five skill position players. Mm-hmm. Um, so take that into account that 
both perhaps that pick isn't as valuable as maybe you thought, but at the same time, it, it to me, it tells you that if you have any sort of inclination that you think these guys are going to surpass their ADP or where they're being taken, then you could probably slip in and get one of those picks, not have to give up as much value as you might have in a draft, a rookie draft last year or perhaps I mean, the one next year. I mean, crap. Jameer Gibbs, who is basically the bona fide one two in single quarterback leagues and the one five ish in, you know, super flex two quarterback, he went in the sixth round, the same round that JSN went in. And then, you know, typically the next rookie that's coming off the board, like in Jordan Addison or Quentin Johnson, like Jordan Addison is down here. I got him in round nine. Um, and Quentin yeah. Johnson, do you see where he went? Um, I don't off the top of my head. He, let's see, I got Trey Burks in round uh, eight. He yeah. was right around that spot. He went in round eight. 10. Quentin Johnson went in round 10. Yeah, 10 2. So, I mean, like with the most typical, like, you know, one six through one eight being pick nine, you know, ninth round and 10th round, that's like bench fodder wide receiver 30 plus territory. Um, yep. So, like, the actual advice, like you said, is maybe what this does is it helps you to lower your expectations for your rookie pick. I'm not saying that, you know, Jordan Addison is going to be a terrible pick because he went in the ninth round of this redraft. No, no, no. Back up. Hold on, Terry. Pull the reins back. Not saying that. Oh, Terry. Back up, Terry. Back up, Terry. <laughs> um, but what this is saying is maybe year one's expectation. Like I know I said that the ceiling for him this year is I could see him catching 80, like 80, 90 balls for 1,200 yards and like four touchdowns. That's the absolute ceiling. The most likely finish for Jordan Addison this year, probably 60 catches, like 800, 900 yards and maybe two touchdowns. And that'd yeah. be a great rookie season. Like, and I'd be down with that if I was Jordan Addison manager. Um, but it, you know, it, it'd be what it'd be. <laughs> no, and, and to and to end on that point, like you mentioned, it's and I'm guilty of this as well. We 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 amass these rookie picks, and they're great for our team. But I think sometimes we can assume that these guys are going to be immediate contributors to our team, and many times they're they're not. And if they are, it, you you're not going to see it until the second half of the year, like a Christian Watson last year. Um, and so be patient, be patient with those picks, be realistic with your picks. If their name's not Bijan, then they're probably not going to be <laughs> super massive immediate impact players. Even Ken Walker last year, I mean, it took a Rashad yeah. Penny injury around week what six, seven before he was even relevant. Yeah, so ha- the injury happened week five, and the week seven, seven was his or week six was his first week of like pure rel- relevance, rel- relevancy. Words are very hard. Right. And if you're interested in these picks, what might be the play for you? And we're seeing this already now is the huge buy in for these second year receivers, mm-hmm. namely that everybody's wanting to get in on because they're just ready for the second year breakout. We're going to see something similar to that with this draft class. But if you're value searching, a lot of these late first round guys and certainly the early second round guys are going to struggle or lack for opportunity sort of the first half of this year, even maybe most of this year. But if you believe in the talent and believe in some of these guys, then you may be a- even able to get in earlier mm-hmm. on buying the dip, so to speak. And whenever they hit their lowest to whenever they're not playing or they're injured or whatever, they're not performing. And you may be able to slip in there with a back of the second 2024 rookie pick or whatever, or, you know, your fourth receiver and get somebody that come next year, whenever they hit that breakout then you've just given up relatively low value for a great player. I mean, now, like, it's easy to say in theory, but you understand my, my point. Yeah. Here. Like for instance, like Jahan Dotson is the hottest name in dynasty for second year receivers. I feel like right now, everybody's falling in love. I hear his name everywhere. Um, 
at the end of the year last year, he was wide receiver 30. Like he, his highest ascension was five or four days ago, three days ago, where he was wide receiver 22. That's kind of the value game we're looking at, we're talking about, because like, you know, you and I've had discussions. It's like, while we fully believe in Jahan Dotson and the player he can be, is now the time to cash in because whenever you objectively look at the rest of the situation, most likely, I mean, fifth round quarterback in Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett, possibly the number two receiver on his team with Terry McLaurin, who, you know, we believe is a decent, decent player. Yeah. He's going to be probably second in line for targets, but that's the thing. Do you want the second target on the offense that's led by Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett? The answer is not typically, but um, I believe if I remember correctly, KTC, once again, as a guide, not as a, you know, the absolute end all be all. Um, I if, like flip him for like, there's JK Dobbins, there's Trey Burks, there's Quentin Johnson. Right now, Quentin Johnson is the one five or one four in single quarterback ADP. Like if someone came at me with the one four for Jahan Dotson, would you take that? Cause I know we talked about this yesterday when we were flipping pancakes over Blackstone. Um, but would you rather have Quentin Johnston, who is tied to Justin Herbert with an aging two receivers ahead of him, maybe have a lesser year one, or Jahan Dotson, who we probably would say he might be a better overall wide receiver prospect than Quentin Johnston, but his situation is significantly worse. Like, what would you say to that? Oh, it's it's very difficult because if I'm picking, if I'm airing on this the safety side and say which one which one of these players do I think is going, I'm going to feel confident going to at least hit and be productive. It's obviously John Johnson. If I want to shoot for the moon. It's Quentin Johnson. Um, and so it obviously is, is team dependent, but you've hit the value on the head. That's about the conversation you're having. Um, and that's the beauty of it with this is you find the person you like in that scenario. And then you just go after him. For me, I probably hold, hold the John Johnson because I think he's going to even surpass where he's at now. Um, uh, but that's the perfect scenario to where you're going to have people that are going to fall one way or the other. And if you've got one and you want the other, you can angle that out there and see what you'll get in return or if they'll be in for it. And I think they probably would. And, and like you said, the thing that breaks down to is you have to, once again, like we always preach is know thy roster. I want that on a t-shirt. Um, but whenever you know your roster, that's whenever you make these moves, because if you need the upside, obviously it's Quentin Johnson. Like if your team is thirsting for a top end wide receiver, I think that's the move to make. But if you're looking for more of a steady, consistent wide receiver too, I think Jahan Dotson has that better chance to, while he might never be a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL or, you know, in fantasy, I don't think he's ever going to fall out of the bottom 24 and he's going to pretty much be a usable receiver. Um, and so that's where, you know, wide receivers in Dynasty, they hold their value just for so long just to see, because I mean, what with um, Jahan, we all like, once again, you and I love him. He started off real hot, got injured, and then when he came back, it was dookie fire. Oh, hey, we're almost out of time. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Jance, I appreciate you. Find us on Twitter at Misfit underscore FF and our email at the.misfit.ff at gmail.com. I just noticed we're literally out of time in like three, two, one.